This is Josh Elledge, Chief Executive Angel at SavingsAngel.com and the founder of Millions in Free Media. And you're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Act Local Marketing for Small Business, Episode 145. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, Marketing for Small Business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. This is episode 145, and I am the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. Each week here at Act Local Marketing, I share a strategy with you that I like to call today's takeaway because I give you one action item, at least one action item, that you could take with you today. If you go and implement it, it'll help you grow your business. And of course, each week, I invite a guest expert to help you with various aspects of your business. And today's expert uh, is a go-to guy in using online directories and those reviews that people leave your business for marketing. So you really don't want to miss this. Do you know if your business is listed on Google? Are you aware whether or not you actually have a Google listing? Does it show up in the top three results for local businesses for your particular search category? Okay, so what do I mean by that? For example, if you're a dentist or a car dealer, does your company show up in the top three listing when someone Googles the word dentist or car dealer? That's what I'm talking about. Most people click on the first search result. And then with diminishing statistical frequency on the second and third search results. You need to get your business in that top three in the organic listings. Not the paid search, which is merely advertising. You can pay to be uh, in the top three. That's not what I'm talking about. You can do that. But I'm talking about the organic search results. So... Let's go to today's takeaway. I promised you that action item that you can have right now, and if you begin to implement it, it is going to help you grow your business. So here it is. I have done quite a bit of directory search engine optimization for my clients over the years, and this is what I want you to take away from this particular uh, tactic and, and strategy. The most important directories for you to concentrate on can often be boiled down to maybe five, and you can definitely concentrate on just two to start with, just two. The first is almighty Google, and the reason for that is because Google is the search engine that takes up two-thirds of the market share online in the United States. 
That means when people are searching for exactly what you and your business provides, two out of three people will go to Google to start that search. So you want to be findable on Google. Now, the second is a little more difficult to identify and is going to depend on your particular business. If you're a contractor of any type, Angie's List will be your second directory to concentrate on. If you're a car dealer, check out dealerrader.com. If you are in the vacation market, TripAdvisor might be your best resource. Are you a restaurant? Try Yelp or opentable.com. See, there are review directories geared towards very particular business sectors. That's not true of all business sectors, but it's true of a lot of them in the local business marketing arena. Your business will benefit from being listed in Google and the directory that has the most influence in your market. Simply Google your industry and the word reviews and see which directory websites show up. A whole page will get populated and it'll probably boil down to one or two directories. And they are most likely your most important resources for locking out competition and starting a robust directory reviews marketing strategy. Now, please feel free to drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I can help point you in the right directions to, to start a review strategy for your particular business. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Find me on Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus and follow me so that I can get to know you better. That's a, a little inside joke of the family. I'll explain it one of these days. Get to know you better. Has to do with Halloween. I've got Halloween on the mind. So please tell your social media followers about Act Local Marketing. Subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review over at iTunes. Those reviews are really important to me. That's I was just talking about reviews for your business. Well, iTunes is a great place for me to collect reviews for my podcast. See, that's a very particular place for me. So go leave me a review. It'll be very helpful for me. Now it's time for a short break. And when we get back, my guest Stephen Christopher is here. And he's stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned. I feel so close to you right now. Axe Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Act Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. 
This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.com. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey, welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local, marketing for small business. And I want to introduce you to today's guest, Stephen Christopher. Stephen is the CEO of Sequest Marketing Technologies, an organic web marketing firm that's based in Denver, Colorado. And Stephen, I didn't tell you this before we started the interview, but I have family in Denver, so I've been there many times. I love it. It's a great city. So Stephen has owned and started several businesses in this last decade, one of which failed. Now listen to this. Leaving him over $100,000 in debt. I can hear the gasps everywhere. But from that failure came some of the greatest learning experiences about running a business. And since then, he has owned and operated multiple businesses, including two different award-winning online marketing companies. Stephen's primary objective in life is to selflessly add value to others and help business owners achieve success beyond their wildest dreams. He is an avid study of personal and professional development, a professional speaker, and a personal and business coach. He believes that business owners should focus on starting a revolution in their marketplace and not just starting or running a business. So Stephen, welcome to Act Local Marketing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I do love Denver. I've been there so many times. I'm from Kansas originally, so I have spent a lot of time in in, uh, your neck of the woods. It's gorgeous. I love the Rocky Mountains. Cool. What a small world. Yeah, we're getting into fall right now, so all the leaves are changing Uh, those really cool colors, and it's kind of getting cool. Really cool time of year. I bet it's beautiful. So I I, uh, gave everyone a, a bit of a bio, you know, for you, but... You've listened to the podcast before, and you know that when I meet someone for the first time, I try to collect their entrepreneurial journey. So you have to tell me a little bit, how did you end up doing what you're doing? Because clearly, the entrepreneur's ride can be very up and down. We told everyone that uh, that you had a failure, and most entrepreneurs do have at least one failure in their background. But yours cost you 100000 or put you 100000 thousand dollars in debt you have got to tell us more about your entrepreneurial journey sure absolutely Uh, and i'm hoping that that failure was big enough that that's kind of my only real one so i don't have to go through that (laughs) again i'm gonna keep my fingers (laughs) crossed for you yeah i i learned a ton of lessons from it so um starting out i mean if you if you really want to go way back i started my first business when i was about 14 and actually grew that to buy my first car and save up money for college. 
So I've kind of always been an entrepreneur at heart, despite the fact that both my parents worked nine to five jobs forever. Um, their advice to me was go to school, get a degree, work for, I don't even know how long people work in the workforce now, 30, 40 years, retire, and then do all the cool stuff you want. You, you and, just described my parents. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, they were trying to do the best that they could with the knowledge they have to educate us, but it just didn't feel right to me. I didn't enjoy it. I knew I had more potential or more talent or something like that. So, um, the first real business that I started was a mortgage company in about 2004. And that was my failure company. And in 2008, after I had grown this mortgage company with a partner to something pretty big and we were doing well, in 2008, when the mortgage crisis hit, it was just like overnight, I woke up and the business was just going down in flames. So I, <laughs> I learned so many lessons from that. I mean, from how to leverage debt, how not to leverage debt, when to use debt, when not to use debt. And then also just, I was, I was pretty young at the time, how to, how to use some foresight as to what's coming up and how that's going to affect your business and how to prepare for that. So how to save, how to set aside money. I, we, I really didn't do any of that because we were doing so well and I was so young. I just thought, oh my gosh, like this entrepreneur stuff is relatively easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, not easy at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So when that went, when that went down, I mean, it went down over the course of a couple months and I was kind of the sole signer on all of the stuff in the business. And I got left holding the bag of over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I mean, most of that was small business loans, uh, you know, business lines of credit. So, I mean, it was real financial stuff. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't small things that I got left holding the bag with. Yeah. So yeah, very, very good experience. I mean, I tell people all the time that was the best hundred thousand dollar education I ever could have paid for. (laughs) Well, that, that's a steep learning curve there, you know, financially, but, uh, I get it. And I don't think that there's an entrepreneur on the planet who hasn't had a failure. And some of them are, you know, magnificent failures, right? It's almost like the the bigger the success is for someone, the bigger the failure they've had in in their past. But they're necessary learning experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I'm hoping that that was kind of my big one. And now I just use a little more foresight and go through little bitty mini failures here and there, which that means we're learning, Yep. but hopefully I don't have to go through one of those again. Yeah, exactly. Well, the subject that we're going to talk about today is, is one that, that I end up talking to people about a lot in terms of their marketing and especially, you know, their digital marketing. And that is this whole notion of the yellow pages being online now right? Directory kinds of sites. So when we are looking for goods or services, where do we go? We go to the Google and we start our search there. And if you have a local business, if you have an actual brick and mortar location, you know, with an address and a phone number, you want to make sure you show up. So many businesses are trying to figure out how do I show up in Google Maps 
uh, why why is my business not in that listing? It used to be seven of them or five of them. Now it seems to be even fewer. How how do I as a bit local business owner make sure I get there so that when people go to Google they find me? Yeah, it's it's been really interesting. I mean, over the course of the last month, uh, a recent Google algorithm changed really hurt a lot of small businesses when it used to be, like you said, five or seven, often referred to as the seven pack, meaning there were seven people that showed up in maps in line with a Google um, result. It, it, it's, it's just gone. So if you were fourth through seventh, you're not on the first page anymore. And that, I mean, that could be detrimental to somebody's business. Yeah. So we deal with this a lot. Um, and, it's really simple, the things that you need to do to make sure that you're showing up there or at least moving towards showing up there. And uh, I can give a couple a couple tips as far as how to do that. Sure. And so, the I mean, the easiest and the first thing is, one, make sure that you've claimed your business listing. So when you go to, uh, when you log into your Google account where you created your maps, I guess you could even step back one step further, make sure to create a Google Maps listing, which is now called Google My Business, but make sure your your listing is verified and claimed. That's really important when it comes to how Google decides who's going to get in those top three spots. And a lot of small businesses overlook that really important and really, really easy step. Yeah. And uh, all of these listings, they're not going to charge you for that. It's not like when uh, the, the Yellow Pages rep came to your place of business and they were trying to first of all you had to pay to get in the directory and then they were always trying to upsell you you know to the the larger ad or you know the bold or whatever all of their options are when it comes to these online directories if you have an actual address then chances are you're already there and you just need to claim it right absolutely yeah that's the great thing about google most of the stuff you do is free yeah, they have so many free services that are super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So, so most businesses will find that they're already they're already there. If you know if you're brand new and um, it, it's possible that that you won't show up if you have a, a brick and mortar location if you're not in a phone book yet. But if if you are, and the other thing to think about is if if your business moves, let's say you're there. And you you have your Google listing, or maybe you don't even realize it's there, but your office moves. You could end up being on Google twice, right? Absolutely. Yes. And what are the repercussions of that? If my old address and my new address uh, both show up. I mean, the repercussions are that now you're essentially splitting the relevancy of your Google Maps terms. Uh, or of your Google Maps listing. So you're less likely to show up for either location. I mean, unless you truly have two locations and you have them both filled out properly, um, a lot of businesses move and don't actually update that. And now they don't show up in either locations because Google says, well, look, if you don't actually know where you're located and you haven't actually completed both of these profiles, we're not going to rank you because you don't even know where you should be ranked. Yeah. I guess one of the the keys to making Google happy is using their products, right? Very true. (laughs) Very true. Which is what this Google Maps or what is it called now again? It's called Google My Business. And 
who knows? I mean, by the time people listen to this a couple of weeks from now or a year from now, whenever they download this particular podcast, it'll probably be something different. Right. Because I remember when it first started, what, um, what was it? Google Places? Is that what it was called originally? Google Places. And then it got folded into Google Plus, their, uh-huh. their social media platform. And now, you know, it just keeps evolving, which is something that's always going to happen also on these online directory sites. They will continue to uh, reinvent themselves a little bit in an, in, to try and keep us interested and to try and sort of go with the flow with what it seems that the masses want uh, over time. So you don't get set in your ways either. Even it, say you went and uh, claimed it three years ago and you think everything's fine, you always have to keep these things sort of dusted off and a little bit shiny. Absolutely. One of the good things that Google has done or gotten better about lately is notifying us of things. So just make sure you have a current email address. And a lot of times they'll notify you when something's not right or when something changes that maybe they think wasn't necessarily you that changed it or something that could be in question. So that's kind of a cool thing that they have done. They've gotten a little bit better of communicating proactively Mm -hmm. so that the user doesn't always have to say, okay, every three months, go in, check this, make sure nothing weird happened, which has been really helpful. Right. That's good. And how thoroughly do I have to fill out my listing in any of these directory sites? Is it good enough to just go make sure that my business name and my phone number and my address are correct? Because they want photos and they want videos and they want all my social media links. They want all this information. Yeah, it's it's really important that everything is filled out. So, uh, I mean, a rule of thumb is the more complete your listing is, the more likely you are to show up above your competition. So you want to have a really good clear description. You don't want it to be too long and you don't want it to be too short. And you want to make sure that in that description, you talk about the actual product and services that you offer that somebody might potentially search for. So if you are a plumber and you do um, electrical heating and air conditioning, you want to make sure that you work those into your description, Mm. but don't make it sound spammy. Just very naturally, you're simply telling your client and Google what it is that you offer at your business. Okay. All right. So the more that this goes back to in terms of Google, and I imagine it's true for any of these sites that the more you use their product, the happier they are. So if they give you all of these empty fields to fill out about your business, you should be trying to fill them out if you have appropriate information to put in them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that goes same for pictures. A lot of people forego the pictures or they'll upload one picture of their logo or, you know, a happy plumber with a crescent wrench. Put pictures of your actual business in there, your actual staff, your your real storefront. We we fill out our clients profiles with at least 10 pictures. That's kind of our rule of thumb and that's what they recommend. So put at least that many in there. It can't hurt. It only takes a couple minutes to walk around your store and snap a couple of pictures with your iPhone or Android right. and, and upload them. It's easy. Yeah, because 10 sounds like a lot. Um, but if they give you 10 slots, that's what they're looking for looking for you to do. And you're right. It wouldn't take long to go around the store, take pictures. You know, when some of your best clients come in, take a photo with them. You know, they used to hang photos on the wall, you know, like when famous people came in and, right, you know, in diners or any lots of local businesses did it. 
So take uh, take some pictures with your your best and happiest clients. Yeah, you never you know, know they might they might share <laughs> they might end up sharing the photos. Right. That's actually a really cool point. I, I we've never thought of that idea before. So I think we're gonna take that and implement it. There you go. <laughs> Steal my idea. It's yeah, great. absolutely. But, you know why not? And let the, you know customer of the week or customer of the month or employee of the month or you know that kind of stuff. And it gives you a reason to go update that that listing too. And then hopefully you'll get some social sharing out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Now the other thing that happens on these directory sites, these online directories, which couldn't happen when they were paper, is the fact that people can go to the website and actually leave a review for the business. So now they're, they're serving two purposes. They're, you know, a, a name and address and phone number place to go for a directory listing. But now you can get the word of mouth happening also. So, I mean, that was a huge thing when it started happening uh, several years ago for local businesses. The fact that, you know, people could go leave reviews. I mean, Yelp comes to mind. I, I hear small businesses complain about Yelp or, you know, put all their eggs in the Yelp basket, right? How important are these reviews, do you think, to local marketing? So reviews are huge for local marketing. And that's, if I had to pick one thing, going back to Google Maps, that you should work on the most, I mean, almost even more important and probably actually more important than filling everything out perfectly is getting reviews. Really? And yeah, absolutely. Because now what we're seeing is Google, Google takes terms from customer reviews mm -hmm. and that's what you actually end up starting to rank for. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, so okay. you could write you could write all about plumbing and heating or uh, dentistry and cavities if that's your business, but if all of your clients are writing about fast food, you're going to you're going to show up more for fast food than you are for your actual product or service that you're offering in your local business. Hmm. That, so that could actually be problematic. It could be. And so one of the things that we coach our clients on is when you're working on getting reviews, make sure to ask your customer, hey, you know, please, please mention what service we provided to you so that it can be more helpful to other people that are looking for the same thing. So if they fixed a, a toilet, put something about that. If they, um, you know, did a great job changing your oil, put something about that. And, and that it really, really drives who shows up in the top. So it's important to have a lot of reviews, at least in comparison to your competition, but it's also really important on what those reviews say. Okay. So the, the getting of reviews or the compiling of reviews for your particular listing is part of the algorithm, I'm guessing, that determines whether or not you're one of those three businesses that show up? 100% correct. Okay. So if you want to figure out how many reviews you need, could you go start checking out your competition and see what ballpark they, they are? You know, if everybody has 25 to 50 reviews, you know you've got to go out and get at least 50 reviews to start playing in that game? Yeah, kind of. So um, you wouldn't have to necessarily beat the top person because when you start Googling around, 
you'll notice that the top person may only have a couple and the person below it might have 10 or 15. But a lot of different other factors play into that, which are what do the reviews say? So are they talking about that actual product or service in the review? Um, Even to how does your website perform from an optimization standpoint? Meaning, do you only have five pages on your website and it hasn't been updated in 10 years? And your competition that's above you that has maybe half the reviews, they have 50 pages on their website and they're blogging every week and they're truly being an online resource for their customers or their clients. That's what Google really wants to see. So there's a lot of factors that play into that. Okay. So you you have to be willing to play the game a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm getting it. So we keep talking about reviews. It's obvious that when something goes wrong, and let's face it, you you can't bat a thousand, right? Even the professional baseball players, what would be a really good average? Over 300? I mean, come on, that's missing seven pitches out of every 10. And those are the geniuses, right, that are getting the big bucks. So nobody is going to hit a home run every time they're up at bat. Yeah. So occasionally <laughs> things are, something's going to go wrong and a customer is going to get upset. Now, they can easily turn to these inner, internet pl- directory site platforms and leave a bad review. Right. And we know that bad word of mouth uh, happens much more quickly than good word of mouth, because when something goes right, we sort of anticipated it was going to go right. So it's nothing to, you know, phone mom about because your delivery came exactly when it was supposed to. So how can I get customers who were satisfied or, you know, joyously happy even with the service or the product they got from me? How can I get them to spend the energy to go online and leave me a review. Yeah, that's an interesting one because a lot of our clients ask that question. We hear all the time, oh, it's really hard. It's a lot of work. Most of the time our response is, well, how how bad do you want it? How bad do you want your business to succeed? And that kind of gets their attention. So as far as getting positive reviews, it's all about, in in my mind, it's all about going back to why you started the business. I mean, you started the business probably for freedom and to own a business and make a living, mm-hmm. but also to help people. So you have to get to know your clients and your customers to where you develop a relationship that you can say, you know, hey, Joe, you've been you've been a client of ours for several years now. And it would really help our business if you could do me this one little favor and just go on and talk about your experience. You don't even have to say leave a review. Just say talk about your experience so that other people can see it and it'll help our business grow. Right. So that's one way. And then if maybe your business isn't that personal, maybe you don't have lifelong clients or that you see very often you need to get your um, yourself or your staff engaged and it just needs to be part of your daily practice. You need to ask people, did you have a great experience with us? Did we provide um, a level 10 service for you? If the answer is yes, you need to have something ready to either give them or potentially email them or even text them that gives them a couple options of different sites to leave a review on and then potentially even follow up with them depending on your staff and kind of your availability, but it's a numbers game. If you ask enough people, 
you'll eventually get enough reviews. Right. So you mentioned that there's more than one site that this can be happening. I mentioned Yelp. You've mentioned Google, uh, Google My Business now, Google Maps. It's all integrated, you know, when you do a Google search. What are the best sites that I should be out there, you know, asking people to leave me reviews on? Really good question. And we get this question all the time. And the answer is it changes in every market for every business. Okay. And so here's how you find out. Take your business and Google what you think your customers would type in. If you're working with an SEO company, you probably have a group of keywords that you already know about. But just search for your business and your geographic area. And whatever comes up on the first page, that's the ones that you want to focus on. Because you're in a perfect situation, you're going to show up more than once on the first page. You have a greater chance of getting business, of clients seeing you. So for one example, I mean, Google Maps may show up. Google Maps may not show up. So what does show up? Does Yelp show up first? Um, does city search or yellow pages or, uh, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of them. Does Angie's list. So you want to figure out which ones are showing up on the first page and that's where you want to put your initial focus. And then after you get really good on those, then you can start spreading out to other things. I mean, TripAdvisor, I heard you mention that in another podcast because you're right. That's a huge search engine for certain businesses. Right. Just as Angie's list is, you know, for certain businesses. And uh, I have a, a, a dentist client who gets a lot of leads from Yellow Pages. So mm-hmm. it really, really depends on your business, I guess, where the best place to spend your time is. And if, if you do that search, my guess would be there's always, you know, 10 results on a page when Google gives you back um, an answer to your search query. My guess would be even in a worst case there may be five, if that many, different directories that you would be starting out with trying to wrangle. Yeah, I would agree. And I would probably even say for the most part, it's going to be even fewer than that. Maybe two, maybe three that you really should focus on. So, you know, to the to your listeners, don't get concerned about saying, oh, my gosh, now you're going to make me do five or six or seven more things it's generally a pretty low number. And then if you want to prioritize those, just start with the ones at the top. Right. Right. The first one or two. And, uh, you'll be, you'll be drilling for oil with that 100 foot deep. Well, as I like to say, um, listen, Stephen, I would like to take a quick break. Can you hold on? Absolutely. Through a quick commercial break. Good. Because the, the next series of questions I want to ask you is, a, is really about, getting this done and what are what are our options to making sure that we're actually um you know playing in this particular arena well because it's very important for local businesses to be to be using this as part of their marketing strategy so we want to make sure we we help people get it done you are listening to act local marketing for small business we're going to take a very short break but when we get back more on how you're going to make these directory sites work for you instead of against you with Stephen Christopher, CEO of Sequest Marketing Technologies. We'll be right back. 
Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Once there was a smart baby boomer that loved her business. She knew that to grow it, she would need marketing. So she went for a search on the internet and came across all sorts of social media. She went on all the sites and opened accounts, but after starting profiles on all of them, she began to feel overwhelmed. To do all the marketing experts told her to do was just too big a task. She needed a change. Because she was a smart entrepreneur, she chose two of the popular social media sites to market her business. But after months and months, it didn't seem to make any difference. And she saw other savvy business owners using different sites here and blogging over there. When suddenly, she noticed more clever baby boomers going to iKalen.com and leaving so happy, she just had to see for herself. iKalen.com helped her make a marketing plan to grow her business that wasn't too big and wasn't too little. It was just right. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey now, it's Kaylin Amadio, and you're listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business with my guest today, Stephen Christopher. He is CEO of Sequest Marketing Technologies. And they are an organic web marketing firm that's based out of Denver, Colorado. And lest you you be wondering what what do I mean by organic web marketing? Maybe we should have explained that. It didn't even occur to me that people might not um, so entrenched, you know, in all this language, right? Why don't you explain to people what you mean by organic web marketing? Absolutely. So, what what we mean by organic web marketing is the opposite of paid marketing. So you have pay-per-click marketing, which are those results like in Google that show up at the very top and say sponsored. Yeah. So you can, you can, yeah, you can pay for those spots. So anybody can show up there. It's just a matter of how much money and are you willing to spend more than your competition? But with organic, organic is those, those listings right below the paid spots in Google and Yahoo and Bing. And you can't pay for those. So it takes a little bit more science and kind of magic and finagling to get into those spots. And the cool thing is, and the statistic changes all the time, so we don't really know exactly what to believe, but somewhere probably between 60 and 70% of people go past the paid ads without clicking on them and go down to organic, Mm -hmm. meaning that that's the place where you really want to be to convert and get the most traction right. in your web marketing. Right. And I, I was never sure how prominent that was because 
I always go past the ads because I know they're ads and I'm actually looking for organic results when I use Google. But I wasn't sure how much the general public was doing that or how, how often they fall for the ad as if it's the top listing. Because that's the way it used to be. You know, the first, that there are always no more than three ads at the top and then they start to run down the column on the right-hand side. But a lot of people, you know, back in the day thought that that first result was organically the first result, not realizing that you could pay to be there. But uh, you're saying what percentage of people go ahead and flip right past the ads and go straight to the organic results? It's going to be somewhere between 60 to 70 percent. And that number fluctuates a lot. It's hard to get hard data on it. Right. But that's going to be a pretty close estimate. Right. That's interesting. Uh, and that's probably been a, just a learning curve from using the search engine over the years. People have, have learned that the the ads are not necessarily the result that they were looking for. Plus, I think people have gotten better at putting the right words in you know that big white box <laughs> on Google, yeah. and then getting you know the answer that they were actually seeking. So I have a few questions for you. Actually, something that I meant to ask you before we went to break. We've been talking about getting your directory listings done, and the examples we use are more B2C kinds of businesses, business direct-to-consumer. Even in the local marketplace, do you think it's important for B2B, business-to-business types of firms in the local marketplace to go ahead and be using the directory sites or not so much? Yeah, I think it definitely is. Because even if somebody's not searching without knowing what company they're looking to use, another spin to look at it is, what if somebody knows your company name, and they're vetting you against one or two other uh, uh, competitors? Mm -hmm. So now, when they Google your name or your very specific industry or even your competitor's name, they're going to be looking for things like consistency. So going back to the Google, uh, my business profile, whoever has the most pictures, whoever's the most kind of allows for somewhat interactiveness, how much better does that look to the business that's, that's vetting you against your competition? Right. How many reviews do you have? I mean, those are really, really important. So, even though it's not exactly the same, it's extremely important for B2B companies to do the same thing. To do that. Too. Okay. I, I was wondering that, and I had forgotten to ask you in the course of our conversation earlier. So another thing that actually I just saw happen with someone is, I think it was Yahoo. I think it was Yahoo. Sent them an email saying they were very happy to let them know that they now had a relationship with Yext and that Yext was going to be handling their Yahoo business listing because, you know, Yahoo and Bing have directories just like Google does, even mm -hmm. though they're smaller market share. Now, am I remembering that correctly? And how do you feel about Yext? Yeah, you are. And so Yext, we actually really like Yext. We use it as one form of directory listing software for our clients. It's not the end all be all for us, but what it basically does is it allows you to put in your company's data once into Yext and then Yext pushes that out to, I don't even actually remember, somewhere between 30 and 40 directories. 
and it, it does it all for you. And it costs about for a business owner, I think it's about 30 something dollars per month. And so now if you move, you change it in one location. If you want to add a coupon or a special, you change it in one location. It's, it's, it's actually a very good tool, especially for smaller local businesses. It makes your life a lot easier. And, and then on top of that, I mean, we do a lot of directory listings manually, but those are all based on what industry you're in. So it's not always the same. Right. So how does Yext then get control, you know, claim your listing on Google? I mean, so can I, I still go into Google myself and start changing pictures, even if I use Yext? Yeah, so uh, two points on that. One, Yext actually doesn't change your Google listing. So you still have to manually create and edit your Google listing. And Yext actually will pull and match data from your Google listing. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So you have to be, they just don't have that relationship. And then the way that they're able to do it with other websites is they, they've created a relationship with that company or that directory listing, which basically gives them backdoor access so that when Yex submits it, they say, okay, cool. We got it. Like you're fine to, to update this person's Okay, So they're, they're a trusted resource and then you don't have to go through the rigmarole of going and claiming everything. Exactly. Exactly. I just wonder, you know, because I see Yext comes up a lot, you know, when you go through different directories and, and you start looking at the information, how do I get in here and how do I fix my listing? And it, it's it tremendously time consuming. People trust me. I have done it for more than one client over the years, and it is so time consuming and laborious. Uh, you, you want to avoid that if at all possible. I mean... It, these business owners are busy doing what it is they do well and <laughs> fixing their directory listings, not necessarily a great uh, use of their time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard for them. So how, how are they going besides something like a, a Yext, right? Which a lot of people probably have not heard of. I just, I just know that they control a lot of listings. How can these people save time and make sure that they are getting these directory listings in order? So as far as saving time, really your best bet, because you're going to have to do a lot of these manually. So saving time, the best thing you can do is prepare up front. And what I mean by that is make sure that you create a spreadsheet or something similar where all of the information for all of these different sites is documented really well. Make sure you document your username, your login, your password, and then document what you're saying on each of these sites. We put the whole description into a spreadsheet so that we always know without actually having to go to the site what it is we typed. So that way, if you change your address or if you change, let's say you add a new line of uh a new line of service in your business. And so now you have to go back to all your directories and update that. So really the best time saver is document everything. So you're not trying to go through 40 directory listing sites and hit the, I forgot my password. And then you wait yeah. for the email and then it's stuck in spam. Mm -hmm. And then, and some of them are even more difficult than that. They take a couple steps to get access to, and it's not like you can call most of them. Because right. they're not they're not giant staffed companies. Right. Yeah. They want everything to be done digitally. 
That's so that's a really good idea. Set up some sort of spreadsheet where you're keeping track of all the data, and then uh, you know, because Lord knows, a, a year from now you're not going to remember <laughs> what password you used where or. You know, it would probably be a good idea to take the uh, address of where your listing is if your listing's, you know, there and you're trying to claim it and keep track of that, too, so that you know where, where your listing is. Because something else that I've, I've seen happen with businesses, depending on the kind of business it is, a let's say you cleaned everything up and you're very happy with, with what you've got going on. Suddenly, a new listing for your business crops up with erroneous information. I have no idea where they come from. They're like that that sock in the dryer that disappears and you never know where it went and you only have one left. But these listings, they pop up out of nowhere and suddenly you've got a, an incorrect listing for your business phone number or your business address or someone who works for you who's now listed uh, as your business. Things like that happen. So just because you fixed it today doesn't mean you're not going to have to go back and and maintain stuff and continually clean this stuff up. Yeah, good point. It's definitely not a once and you're done type thing. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. And just a note to the people that are listening, because I have a feeling that this is just like our clients. We hear it all the time. It's like, man, you know, this is so much work. And I'll just reiterate again. We're in business, not because it's easy. I mean, you've got to beat your competition and you've got to be willing to do just a little bit more. So try to find a way to at least have fun with it when you're doing it, because it it is a must. I mean, for the people that are really going to succeed, especially in small local businesses, it's just something we've got to do. So find a way to have fun with it. I mean, do it over a glass of wine if that's what you like. Whatever the head is, have <laughs> yeah. at Sitting least enjoy it. Sitting on the couch it. with your laptop, sure, why not? Yeah. So how do, how can I make sure that that my business is standing out above the competition? Let's say some of my stiffest competition has gone and claimed some of their listings too. How do I make sure that I stand out? So you have to be different, just like any with any kind of marketing. You've got to be different. You've got to be concise. And you don't want to be so different that people are like, wow, are they even a dentist or do they change my oil? I'm not really sure. So you want to be concise in your message, but you want to constantly differentiate yourself from your competition. And I'll give you a really cool example of this. So I just went to the dentist a couple days ago and it's a new dentist. I found them based on Google reviews. They had 40 more than their closest competition. And they were like a 4.9. So I said, all right. Out of, I know, out of five. By yeah. The way, out of five. In case you don't know. Yeah. Um, and I just said, okay, you can't game the system. They've got to be at least a majority of real reviews. So that, you know, that alone helped them stand out. And then when I got there, just the way that they interacted with people was amazing. And they had uh, massage chairs for their dentist chairs. So you lay down, it massages your back. I got a little bit of work done. They said, what movie would you like to watch while we're doing this? I was like, what do you mean? What movie? So they said, yeah, we show you a movie. So they put headphones on, moved a TV screen close to me. And I watched a movie while they like took out and filled some old fillings from forever ago. (laughs) That's really cool. It almost sounds like fun. (laughs) Going to, going to your dentist. 
it really blew my mind. And so now what happens is you're happy when you're there. Um, and then that's, so I figured out how they're getting all these reviews. They truly just stand out and they haven't once asked me for a review, Mm. which, which absolutely blew my mind. I mean, I'm waiting for the phone call. I'm waiting for the email, waiting for the text. It never comes. Right. So those are all real reviews without even being solicited. Mm -hmm. So do the things that make you stand out and, you know, you don't have to go as far as spending who knows how much money on massage chairs and stuff, but um, oil change uh, or automotive shops, for example, do you wash your customer's car every time when they come in or, you know, after the service is done? There's always these little things that we can be doing to stand out within our business and those will flow to online. I mean, as people get more and more used to reading reviews to decide where they're going to go, they're more and more used to writing reviews. Right. So in essence, you're training your customers. Absolutely. Yeah, to help you market your business. Absolutely. And I mean, one of the things that that we talk to our clients about is we say, look, don't just run a business, start a revolution. Mm -hmm. And when you start thinking about that or thinking that way, your brain already knows the answer for the most part. You know what you could be doing different than your competition. Now you just have to get excited about it and do it. Right. Very cool. Oh, I I have one more question for you before I let you go. So let's say I've decided I'm going to start getting my clients to help me by giving me reviews. And I send out a mass email to 100 clients and say, please go leave me a review at Google, let's say. And all 100 of them go the same day and leave me a review at Google. Is that detrimental? Should I be trying to space this stuff out so that it seems organic? Not that it wasn't organic to ask a bunch of people. It's just like maybe they were very responsive. I don't know. Am I going to get penalized for that? So you're probably not going to get penalized for it in, in a really negative way. But you're spot on when you said, should I space this out? And the answer is absolutely yes, because you want it to look organic. So if you can get 100 reviews every day, great. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. If there's no way that that's ever going to happen again and you're going to go a year or six months without getting another review, then you need a different strategy because Google will look at that. So you might actually jump up in the rankings, but when they look at your competition and they realize, oh, they're getting three, four, five, ten 10 a month, and you haven't gotten anything since those 100 six months ago, you're uh, no longer natural. Right. That'll seem fishy. And then that, that would be bad. So I'm better off if I have the 100 great customers that I know are all willing to leave me reviews if I ask 10 this week and then 10 next week or two weeks later or, or whatever and slowly follow up with them and get through the hundred. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where going back to the whole consistency thing, this just needs to be a daily habit for small business owners. Right. You need to just get used to talking to people about it and get comfortable talking about it. If you're really doing a fantastic job, you should never, ever feel concerned or, you know, like you're not enough or you're doing something wrong to ask for a review mm-hmm. um, ever. I mean, we're all here to help each other. Right. 
Right. And and since people do their research, you know, by going online and reading these reviews, I mean, think about it. How many times have you gone on Amazon to buy a particular product or download a book? And you, I know I do. I go look at the reviews and see how many out of five stars does this product get. And if I'm trying, I'm debating between two different things, I'll read what people actually said that used the product before I make a decision. So what, you know, why wouldn't you want to put your best foot forward and ask people that you know are pleased with, with your business and your services and goods to leave you a review? Yeah, it, absolutely. And, and you mentioned something interesting. And I mean, if we have 90 seconds, I'd love to touch on what do you do when you get a negative review? Oh, I didn't even ask you. I was, there's so much more that I can ask you. <laughs> and I don't want to take up your entire afternoon. I know. All right. So tell us that. So if you're anything like me, when you go on Amazon, I read the five-star reviews and I read the one-star reviews because I want to know. Dude, I do that too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So so if both of us do it, then obviously we, we have to assume a hundred percent of people, people on yeah. earth, right? <laughs> um, huge sample size. So, so people do that on all of our businesses. So here's the thing about a negative review. A negative review is somewhat a blessing in disguise as long as you handle it correctly, because Google doesn't mind if you have a couple negative reviews, a couple three stars. I mean, even like a one star here and there, they get it. They get that they get that people are just sometimes kind of off their rocker. I mean, we all have those clients that you just can't you can't help them no matter what you do. Right. And, and it's just part of life. Which so, is why I read the one star reviews, because you can determine whether someone would never have been satisfied anyway. Exactly. Or they had a legitimate complaint. Exactly. So if you do get a negative review, or I would almost even say when you get a negative review, because <laughs> as, a, yeah. as a small business owner, eventually over time, if you're doing the things that we've talked about in this podcast today, you're putting yourself out there. You're kind of putting a little bit of a target on your back for a negative review. It's going to happen eventually. And it's okay. Don't freak out about it. Don't panic. You're not going to fall off the face of the earth in search engines or anything like that. Um, and it's not going to kill your business to where nobody wants to come into your door. People know that not everybody is always happy. But what you want to do is you want to make sure you respond in a really timely manner. And you want to respond uh, truthfully. You want to be transparent and just be forthcoming about what really happened. So if they really were... Um, I can't think of another word for mistreated, but if they just if they just didn't get the level of service that right. your company yeah. truly delivers, then you need to respond to them and just say, "Oh my gosh, Mr. Jones, I am so sorry. You're absolutely correct." Um, and and make it right, and make it right publicly. Mm -hmm. So you know you offer a refund, you offer uh, additional services, whatever that is. That just that you, the same way that you would want to be treated but do it publicly. And Google loves it. If you write a situation and then the customer goes back in and then updates their review, that's huge. That's like almost better than three or four or five reviews. Okay. okay. Very interesting. So, uh, transparency, that's, that's a great word. Uh, get in touch with that person. You may even want to, if you can, if you have the wherewithal right to phone them, I read your review, 
didn't realize that this happened or he did whatever it is, but actually, you know, be an adult and talk it out and figure out how to make it right. Yeah. But whatever it, you it do, happens. probably do not engage in some sort of snippy war. No, even if it's that horrible client that everybody knows is wrong and they're just crazy or they're out there for something free, absolutely do not try to prove them wrong because that's only going to take you down that rabbit hole and it's going to make it way worse. Right. So is that the kind of client that maybe you shouldn't respond to or or should you respond and and just with something simple? You know, we're we're sorry, uh, we're sorry that your experience wasn't, what we would have liked and we look forward to making it right next time you're in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. Yeah. So you still ambiguous, you know, acknowledging that maybe it wasn't perfect without getting into a war of words. Yeah, exactly. So take each situation kind of one by one. You, you generally will know the client and you'll know what to say to them. Treat them just like as if they were standing on the other side of the counter. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a really good analogy, actually. Treat them as if it was in person, face to face, and they were making this complaint and you were there when it was actually happening and how would you deal with it? Yeah. Yep. And then just pretend like you have 15 clients standing in line behind them Mm -hmm. because those are the other people that are going to read that review. Right. Right. Wow. I'm sure that there's so much more to this and so much more I could ask you. Now, where can people find you? Because they're going to have more questions after after hearing this, and they're going to want help doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, as you mentioned in the very beginning, I mean, my true passion is helping small business owners, and so my staff all laugh at me. Basically, all I do all day is sit around and talk to people and give free advice, which is <laughs> pretty much true. <laughs> but they love it because obviously it's a proven model that has worked overall for our business. So people can find us on our website. It's www.sequus.com and that's S-E-E-Q-U-S.com. So like see us with a Q in the middle. Okay. Sequus. S-E-E-Q-U-S. Right. You got it. Yep. Um, I didn't think it through when I created the company name of how difficult it is to say sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like I was explaining to you how long this podcast name is. If I had it to do over again, I probably would have named it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you can email me directly at steven at sequest.com and it's S T E P H E N at sequest.com. And I'll respond to your, your email as quickly as I can. And, um, you can also run a free evaluation on our website. It's just right there on the homepage. So that's just one more tool that we try to help people determine kind of what's wrong with their site or where there might be areas of improvement that they can implement on their own. Perfect. Stephen, it has been uh, an enlightening conversation for me. Well, I love this stuff, so you know I could talk about it for a long time. But um, yeah, I I love I love the details. You know, the nitty gritty details of how do we make this this one aspect of our marketing work for us? Because you know, times this by you know a thousand, the thousand different things we could be doing. Um, but if you really want to dive into it, you need to know all of these little details that, that Stephen has been sharing with us. And if, if you weren't able to write down uh, sequus.com, S-E-E-Q-U-S, or Stephen's uh, email address, don't worry. You know you can always come back to actlocalmarketing.com and uh, look for this particular episode. So uh, let's see. What are some good keywords? You could look for words like directory or directory sites or 
Google My Business or Stephen with a PH, right? It's not every day a Stephen with a PH is uh, at Act Local Marketing. Any of those kinds of words that you've heard us talk about today in this podcast will bring up this episode and those links will be in the notes of this episode. All right, Stephen. Awesome, Kaylin. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate your audience. And uh, probably most of all, I really appreciate your passion for helping small business owners. I mean, it's just such a cool, it's just so cool that we get to do this. It, it really is. And that's that's why I enjoy talking to wonderful people like you. And for those of you out there listening, this is Act Local, Marketing for Small Business. We're every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We release a new episode with a wonderful guest like Stephen Christopher, CEO of Sequest Marketing Technologies, where we can talk about just one more aspect of how you're going to market your business and pull it another step closer to prosperity. So until next time, I would very much like you to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.